What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dr. Joey Munoz Show. I'm your host, Dr. Joey, nutrition science PhD and founder of Fit for Life Academy. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of having uh, an in-depth conversation with my client, Noah, who I've been working with for a little bit over six months now, and he's had incredible, incredible success um, in his health and fitness journey. I'm going to give a little bit of detail in terms of what he's accomplished now here in the introduction of the episode, but I won't go into it much because he um, explained his journey beautifully. And I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this episode. Noah is a former Division I football player. Okay, so he is an experienced athlete, has been working out his whole life. And then after college, he really struggled with his health since he didn't have a structured um, kind of exercise and health routine the way he did when he was playing football, right? Noah was near 400 pounds. Uh, and before I, I started working with him, he had already lost about 20 or 30 pounds and he's lost an additional 50 or 60 pounds in our time working together, uh, which is incredible. But even more incredible than the amount of weight that he's lost um, is the fact that he's about halfway in from where he wants to be, right? His ultimate uh, body composition goal. And he is 100% confident that he's going to get there based off of some of the mindset shifts and some of the things that we've been working on over the past six months. And the only thing standing in his way really is time because it takes time to get there, right? Uh, anyways, I will leave it at that. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. If you're regular listeners of the podcast, I'd ask for you to please take a second to rate the podcast and leave a review. It helps me uh, reach more people with my podcast, which is ultimately my goal, right? I'd love to be able to help as many people improve their health and fitness with the free information I provide. Anyways, let's go ahead and get into the episode. What's up, Noah? How are you doing today, my man? Thank you for being here. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome, brother. Well, you and I have been working together for how long now? A little over six months? About correct? six months, yeah. Yeah, and you've made some really um, great improvements in your overall health and fitness. I know you and I have worked through a couple situations where you've been anxious about nutrition before. And really the main reason why I want to do these episodes, and I, I did one a couple weeks back with Pasquale, is to hear people or have people hear from individuals like yourself firsthand, right? Because one of the things I do on this podcast a ton is give recommendations, right? But it comes from like a top-down approach. Um, and although it can be helpful, I think listening to information from different perspectives can be really helpful too, right? And so I mainly want to just have a, a open conversation with you about the progress that you've made so far, some of the things that you've implemented and how you've been able to have um, so much success. And I know we're still working on a ton of stuff, but you've really come a far, uh, a long way so far. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was probably one of the few people that decided to stick with the new year's resolution. Um, at the beginning of 2023, I was like, all right, I'm going to really commit to health and fitness. And at the start of that, I, when I look back, I'm like, I had no idea how little I knew about what that journey even looks like. Um, and so what has been in that time, I probably lost close to about 70 or 80 pounds, about 50 to 60 of which has come while we've been working together. Um, and the thing I'm most 
proud of in that is a adopting a genuine belief that like, okay, this is just going to be the way I live my life going forward. Um, and that that's not this horribly burdensome thing, but actually an exciting thing. Yeah. That's a, that's a great shift in in perspective, right? Cause people oftentimes like want to chase what's like very sensational in the moment and don't understand that like really you need to be able to do something for the rest of your life if you're trying to be healthy the rest of your life right before we get into those things i want to start by discussing i know you mentioned already you you've lost roughly 60 to 70 pounds um where you were when you started your health and fitness journey and how you got there in the first place too because you're an athlete you're an ex-athlete right and people often think that people who struggle with their health are people who like have never exercised and never been into uh, fitness whatsoever. And that's not the case at all, right? So how about we start with you sharing a little bit of ba- about your background and then um, where you started struggling with your health and some of the things that you tried to do at first. Absolutely. So I played division one football. Um, I was an offensive lineman. And as I mentioned, not knowing what I didn't know, um, I think like a lot of people that struggle with their weight, there's a lot of shame in the sense of like, I should be able to do this. And as a former athlete, I really felt that way because for, you know, well into my, you know, into my twenties, I was in really good shape. And like, I had this autonomy over my body. I could move it in a way that most people couldn't. And then this structure went away and I was like, why can't I control this? And I think that prevented me from realizing or accepting that it was kind of a different enterprise. And a lot of the work that we have done has been around the idea that so over that uh, nine years from the time I stopped playing football to now, I went through many phases of being like, I'm going to get back into shape. Mm-hmm. And it's only in this past year or so that I've realized that I did not approach that in a reasonable or healthy way, where what I would do is literally, you know, I still had access to the strength and conditioning programs. And I just started training like I was a division one football player again. I did that without the guidance of the strength and conditioning staff. So I did it really unsafely. Um, I would burn out after, you know, my goal would be like, if I don't leave the gym being like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. I did it wrong because, you know, so much of training for a sport is really like there's this start date. The season starts, you know, August 3rd. Every missed rep is like, you know, you're not getting better. It's this mentality that is just not transferable to your general life. And Mm -hmm. there's a reason why it's motivating to have a start date to a season. And then if you try to live your life that way without a season starting, every time I did, why am I doing this? And then my shoulder would start hurting or my back would start hurting. And I'd be like, nah, I'm out. Um, and that would set up this feeling of failure and it become very cyclical where I would think of myself, like I should be able to do this. And then I would be unable to do it. And there was a big kind of almost shame cycle of that, of like, this should be entirely within, you know, my control and not being able to do that almost made me want to do it less. Um, yeah. Which, you know, in football too, there's a lot of, especially playing offensive line, um, a relationship of food certainly wasn't very healthy. Um, I remember, you know, trying to train that hard and keep up weight or gain weight, you have to eat a lot. Um, 
And I remember a specific anecdote where uh, one of my teammates and I, defensive lineman, would do what we'd call a bang bang, where we'd go to two fast food places back to back. Um, and so we were doing like Chipotle and Moe's. Um, and I remember walking from one to the other. And he's two Mexican he, places, man. Yeah. Very so like, well, so like if one had better queso, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, we're like, now we don't have to choose. We get both. <laughs> um, and I remember him saying to me, man, it's going to really stink when we just can't do this. And that's kind of haunted me because I was, I remember saying back to him, like, no, nah, I'll figure it out. And uh, I wasn't able to do that. And that was, it took me a long time to get to a point where I was like, okay, just because I had success uh, in a physical arena before, that doesn't mean I know how to do this. And that doesn't make like my success as an athlete any less real or valid. It's just a separate endeavor I'm trying. So I think like probably for a lot of people, there is a shame and fear aspect. And the big difference for me was being able to finally say, like, I don't know what I'm doing uh, and I need some, I need some help. And then being able to be like, okay, how can I view my past runs with lifting? Like as an athlete, as a benefit, it's like, okay, well, the gym isn't new to me. Like I'm not scared of going to the gym. And so being like, okay, I know how to, really dedicate my body towards something. Like I've been able to do that. Um, And so starting to reframe the fact that I used to be an athlete from like, I used to be an athlete, therefore this shouldn't be hard to, I used to be an athlete, therefore with proper information and guidance and stuff that this will be something I can manage. So essentially not letting your ego get in the way, right? Yeah. Yeah, which people do struggle with, man, especially, you know, I can see how it can be so difficult when you've had success in a physical arena, like you mentioned previously, and then be like, no, I should be able to do this. And then when you struggle and your ego gets in the way, it's like, what's going on? Right. Um, I can relate to that in different aspects of my life. Like um, with school, for example, I've always been naturally good at like math and science. And I've been very bad at like reading and writing just naturally. Um, And it's something that I've improved a ton because doing a PhD, you have to read and write a lot. Now, it's a very logical way of writing, which made it a lot easier for me because that's the way my brain worked. But I remember getting so frustrated when I was like, man, like some stuff with school comes so easy. Like, why can't I do this stuff? And I remember when I started my PhD, like one of the professors that I really looked up to one of the things that I asked him about, I wasn't worried about like learning the information, being able to do the research. I was like, dude, like how do I become a better writer? Cause like, I can't write. (laughs) Right. And it took like me really acknowledging that like, Hey, there are some things I'm good at. There's some things I'm not good at. It's similar, but it's going to take some work. It's the same type of, of mental approach. One thing I wanted to ask you, right? So it sounds like with the exercise component, one of the things you struggled with after football is that you had a fairly all or nothing mentality, right? It's either I'm not training at all or I'm going as hard as humanly possible as if I was still um, playing football, right? Did you have, and we'll talk about that a bit because I think that was one of the main conversations that you and I had, uh, had when we first started. Did you have a similar approach with nutrition and how did you approach that? Absolutely. So um, my nutrition approach and my exercise approach were too tied together um, in the extreme where I had, because, you know, any 
Division One sports program is going to have some nutrition education for its athletes, right? Like it's very basic, but you know, I had a concept of like calories, right? I had a concept of like he needs to eat a lot of protein. Um, uh, that just reminded me that when I was uh, talking about the food relationship thing when I was in college, I used to carry around a bag of meatballs with me to class so I could make sure I'd get my protein. <laughs> uh, um, and, and so I would view it as, so I'm a big dude. I'm 6'3". Uh, in my previous attempts trying to lose weight, I was anywhere from like 350 to 380, 90. And I would be like, all right, if I can eat 2,000 calories today, absolutely crush it in the gym like maybe i can lose like four or five pounds a week um and if i remember vividly having these moments of like intense hunger like intense hunger and if i couldn't sometimes i could push through it and if i couldn't it very quickly became like like i swear on this or no yeah you can say whatever you want man okay yeah. <laughs> very quick like i remember vividly moments just being like fuck it i'm getting dominoes um, and like how quickly that rationalization can come in of, okay, I had a good day or I had a bad day. And if I'm going to have a bad day, I might as well just have the best possible day, like yeah. the best possible meal. And if I, uh, similarly in the all enough nutrition, when I would start getting, cause I was overtraining when I would start getting hurt, I was like, well, there's no point in eating well now. Um, and so <laughs> what I have been able to reflect on in particular, since you and I have started working together the last six months or so, is my relationship to food. Um, in that, you know, when you're an athlete, a lot of what's drilled into you is to view food, especially when you're in college. And like, there's value to this. I'm not trying to say that it's necessarily a bad way, but to be like, listen to a college kid, you need to eat a certain way. Like, food's designed to fuel your performance, right? Yeah. And I was never able to move past that so it was like i'm either performing in which case mm -hmm. i need to eat as few calories as possible to lose as much weight as fast as i possibly can or i'm not in which case who cares i can eat yeah. whatever i want um and i've found as you know we really started working together that and i'm not gonna pretend that it's really easy and it doesn't you know still sometimes creep up into my mind yes. but Foods function, that is certainly a function of food, but food is also something that you can really enjoy. And I had fallen into a place where I used food a lot to soothe myself. Um, and that would kind of spiral into like, well, now I don't need to exercise, blah, blah, blah. But what I've been able to really feel in particular in the last six months is I've never enjoyed food more. Um, because I've moved on from this idea that food is either a source of pure performance, the most utilitarian thing in the world, or it's a, it's like a hedonistic pleasure that like it needs to yeah. soothe me. Um, you know, I've, I've lived in Italy the last three months and I've had tiramisu or gelato literally every day I've lived here and I've still lost weight at about two pounds a week. And I'm enjoying that more than I would have in the past because I no longer view that dessert food as like, I'm stressed. This needs yeah. to make me feel better. I'm like, wow, this is really good. I've had it, you know, a nice day. I'm just going to enjoy this, you know, scoop of gelato. It's delicious. Um, and like I said, I, I think that's the, I'm not going to pretend like I don't still have to 
work against some of an ingrained pattern because it's been most of my life. But I have found that the most surprising part of this journey has been like, wow, I really enjoy food. Um, which, you know, I mentioned fear pretty early on and when we were talking, I never realized how much in my relationship with food I feared even the mild discomfort of not liking the way something tasted. And so I was really closed in the way I ate because it was like, if I try something new, I might not like it, which yeah. is really silly to say out loud, but it was a legitimate thing. I just like couldn't handle because food was supposed to be my source of comfort. And like if my source of comfort betrays me, what am I going to do? Um, yes. And as a result, I've been able to try of shifting that. I've been able to try a lot more foods that I enjoy. I've tried some foods I don't like and I've been like, who cares? Whatever. Yeah. Dude, yeah, so much um, good information. And I've actually been taking notes on some things specifically that I want to talk about in more detail. Um, one, I love the fact that you brought up that it's still a work in progress, right? Because I feel like that's one thing people think about. It's like, oh, these people who have had a certain degree of success with whatever it is in life, right? Because we talk about it in the context of health and fitness, but these sorts of um, frameworks really apply to like, anything you're trying to get better at, right? It's always going to be a continued work in progress. I struggle with these things all the time too. Like it's, you know, it's learning how to deal with the struggles in a way that's actually positive, right? And that's going to propel you forward. For example, um, I have thoughts about food, like, especially if I'm trying, so to give a little bit of back uh, story to this, when I was a young teenager, I was also fairly overweight. And it was partially because food was comfort, right? I come from a Spanish background. It's like, if you're feeling bad, I'm going to take you out to eat. And not that those things are inherently bad, right? Because our parents don't do those things with bad intentions. But it became this thing where like, I would love getting pizza at one in the morning and stuff like that. So, and this is in college. Anyways, even now to this day, like, I still have to fight some of those thoughts, right? But I know how to cope with them perhaps in a much healthier way. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is, um, and, and here, before I even get into that, I know my, my, my thoughts are always all over the place. I'm sure when people listen to this, they're like, Joey goes in a million different directions, because I do. <laughs> but with regard to continuously working on these things, for example, right now, I'm trying to get a little bit leaner, because next year, I actually want to go into a slow gaining phase the entire year for 12 months. And I want to be in a position where I feel like I am leaner than what I even need to be because I'm going to be gaining weight for 12 months intentionally, right? And I haven't intentionally lost weight in several years, right? And it's funny because as soon as I do, I start to have these like weird thoughts about food. Like I grab something, I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't the best food to eat. Like I shouldn't eat this. It's like, well, like why not, right? And it's this like internal struggle in your mind. And I'm not saying that I deal with it in an unhealthy way at all. I think I have learned to navigate those thoughts and feelings very well, but you still have them and you're likely always going to have them. What matters is that you develop the skills to handle those thoughts and, and um, yeah, those thoughts in a, in a positive fashion, right? So what I wanted to ask you is what are some of the main things that have, that have helped you shift your perspective or your relationship with exercise and nutrition? What are some of the things that you've worked on that have been the most valuable? So there've been two things. Um, and 
one is it changes the view of time. Um, I think in America in particular, but a lot of, I guess, uh, capitalistic society there, like we even use the phrase, like make an investment in your health. Right. And mm -hmm. I understand why we say that, but I think the language around it is actually a little bit misleading and plays into some of the negative or some of the fears that comes with it, which is at least for me, like I mentioned, I was trying to lose four to five pounds a week as fast as possible. Right. Investments, we often think of there's point A and there's point B. In the middle, who cares, right? Like if you make mm -hmm. a financial investment and you've lost money and then one day you, you know, have a 10x return, who cares, right? You yeah, got yeah, yeah. to point B. As I slowly started to make progress, I'd say like the first three weeks we really worked together, I was like, wow, I had lost what like maybe five or six pounds but i can already see that i feel better throughout the day and so it's not that i get this reward at like the end of the rainbow which feels so far away and yeah. like hard to conceptualize like right now i'm about halfway to my goal weight if you had told me if you had asked me how i was going to feel at that point six months ago I would have probably, to be completely honest, been like, I will be nervous that I'm not going to make it. Like, it's going to be a long, long, uh, a grind. What I've actually felt is like, I am reaping rewards of that, like right now. And yeah. so as a result, by keeping this mindset of like, I don't really care what six months looks like from now. I acknowledge the decisions I make on a health basis day to day help me every day and make me feel better and enjoy life more. That's helped me. And then point B in the mind shift, uh, mindset shift has been really just taking a step back to do like a meta cognitive analysis of like, why do I think I'm feeling this way? Like I've mentioned fear a couple of times mm -hmm. and there's a lot of that, at least for me in this process. What if I fail? Right. What if I just can't do this? What if I'm just someone who can't do it? And that prevented me from taking a lot of positive steps of being like, I need to seek out new information because there was this idea, like if I do it and for full transparency, when we started working together, I definitely had that fear because it was like, okay, this is a very formal kind of approach, right? Like I'm hiring a coach. What if I can't do it? with this personalized help like what am i gonna do yeah and that fear i find revolves or underlies most of the i don't even want to say temptation but the maybe maladaptive thoughts surrounding food and so if i can take a step back and acknowledge it and think it through i find that I think just in general in life, if we understand something better, it's less scary. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've found that to be really helpful and I've been able to also adapt to this idea that like, there's nothing in my life I do perfectly every time. And it's kind of delusional to think that, oh, I'm just going to all of a sudden be this like wildly healthy person who never makes unhealthy choices. But when you're starting from a point where you have not ever had a healthy relationship with food, I think you kind of think that that's yeah. how really healthy people live. And you're like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, right. And so I have found that 
trying to be almost easier on myself. Uh, like there have definitely been a couple of times where I've knowingly been like, this is going to put me over my calories for today, whatever. Um, yeah. And that has allowed me to slowly, every time I do that, I would say the next time becomes a little bit easier because I I've proven to myself, all right, I can make these types of choices. I can think about my health this way, which at the starting point of this, I did not know I could do. Hey guys, some of you may not know that I'm the scientific advisor for a supplement company called Outwork Nutrition. I help with the formulation of new products to help ensure that they're effective and backed by science. Unlike many other supplement companies out there, we don't rely on exaggerated claims or flashy marketing tactics. Instead, we let the science speak for itself. We take pride in formulating products that deliver real results, helping you achieve your fitness goals in a meaningful way. If you're in the market for supplements like protein powder, pre-workout, or recovery products, make sure to check us out at outworknutrition.com. And as a thank you for being an avid listener of this podcast, use code Joey for an exclusive discount at checkout. You can find the link to our website down in the description of this podcast episode. Remember, our goal is to empower you with science-backed supplements that truly make a difference. Choose Outwork Nutrition and elevate your fitness to new heights. Yeah, dude, that's a great a great point to bring up. Um, I want to talk about the the fear of failure, right? Because I think this is something that again holds people back from taking action in many different aspects of life, right? Like, dude, me quitting my job and starting my own company was really scary. And it's still really scary. Um, you almost need like a little bit of a leap of faith at the beginning, right? And have like an inkling of belief that you can do it. Because if you truly believe that you can't do it at all, you're probably not going to take that step because you really strongly believe that you won't, right? But the more I do it, the more I see that I can do it, right? So I like the phrase, believing in yourself, like believe that you can do it, right? As the first step and even embarking on a journey, but you almost have to, I, this is the wrong term, but I guess it paints a picture, almost fake that you believe it, right? And the thing is that like, when you start doing it, then you actually start believing because you start to see the progress that you're making. You and I have talked about this multiple times that I have no doubt you'll get to where you want to get to. All that's standing in the way now is just time because it, it takes time, right? It doesn't happen overnight. You have all the behaviors in place. You have the right mindset. It's just the consistency. Um, and actually, I think one of the first situations, at least that I can remember, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, where you shared with me um, how much, uh, what's the word here I'm looking for, how much more confident you felt with all this stuff was when you had your brother's wedding, right? Um, so that was probably a couple months of us working together. Uh, Noah, you were absolutely killing it, but you were in a very controlled environment, right? Up to that period of time, you were pretty much in your comfort zone at home, being able to focus on everything with nutrition. You had a lot of control over the foods that you were eating. And I think this was the first time you were going on a trip. And you had mentioned to me that you were nervous and anxious because previously when it came to situations like this, you were never really able to control yourself around food, right? And then you would have all of these negative emotions around your behaviors and it just wasn't healthy, right? physically nor mentally. And you and I had a conversation about this. And one of the things we said was like, one, 
just chill out because it's not that big of a deal, right? I think that relieves so much stress from people because people feel like they have to be perfect. It's like, if I'm on this health and fitness journey, no matter what happens, I need to be perfect. And nobody does that, right? So one, it's like, just allow yourself to have foods that maybe you typically don't do. It's just the weekend. It's not that big of a deal. But two, let's implement some healthy behaviors that will still help you stay on track overall. And then just give yourself permission to have more food if you want to, right? And I remember you and I discussing uh, maybe having a protein-rich meal, focusing on some veggies. And a veggies is something I want to talk about too because you've opened up tremendously to that. Maybe getting some more steps in and being a little bit more active. And then again, allow yourself to have some more food because you've been doing so well, it's just a couple of days. And when you came back, I remember you telling me that it was the first time that you felt like you were in control, right? And that gave you a ton of confidence. So then continuing to navigate moving to another country, being in a place where you have, I would say some similar foods, but many very different foods, right? Do you mind touching on that a bit? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, that was definitely, I was able to be aware because I, I, I think we were month, six weeks, whatever, not super far in, but we, we made, you know, we worked together for a decent amount of time. Um, and I made the commitment that like, this is a different approach that I want to take. And this was obviously a challenging thing because I had become aware of the not great relationship I'd had with food, especially around um, like festivities, for lack of a better yeah. term, because it was like, okay, this is supposed to be an enhancer of the festivities. The more I eat this good food, the happier I'll be, the more fun I'll have, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And two things really helped me with that one was having this better idea of like, I am not sprinting to accomplish this because I think if you have this idea, or at least for me, uh, I don't want to speak for other people. When I was like, I'm going to lose five pounds in a week. If you have the belief that you can do that, then you also have the inverse belief, which is like one day or two, one weekend is going to ruin the entirety of your progress, right? Yeah. Like if you're like, I can make life changing progress in a weekend, you have to believe you could ruin it. Yeah. Uh, that's a great so, way to put it. Yeah. So I had kind of, I, I reminded myself like, well, that's ridiculous and not true. And then two, it became easy pretty quickly uh, at like the rehearsal dinner when we had like a, a barbecue kind of cookout type of thing. Uh, and I realized like, okay, I have a different view already of what the function of this is. If that makes sense. That like, this is tasty food that we're going to sit around with people we care about and enjoy it in a way that, you know, people have been doing since there've been people, right? I'm not going to, it's not here for me, for me to be like, this is going to make me happy. Um, yeah. And once I was able to get through the first night, it was really affirming and really allowed me to believe like, yeah, I'm fine. I didn't spend any time like tracking my food, like neurotically, but I realized like, ah, I'm good. I'm not hungry anymore. I don't need to have like, you know, an extra hamburger or a hot dog. Like I don't need that. It's it, this, the food now has served its purpose and has served its function. And number two, it gave me, I think this is inevitable in any new journey that people embark on is getting over a first big hump that you're scared of gives you this idea of like, Maybe I can do this. Yeah. Um, and so I was more active. I, I played tennis in the morning, stuff like that. 
and it became more natural and more comfortable. And then going forward, I was able to be like, yeah, it's really not that big of a deal because I think when you start off in this journey, based both in fear and ignorance, you become really hyper-focused and anxious on what every meal can be because you're like, I'm now dedicated to this. I'm all in. I'm going to change my life in this way. And it's almost inevitable that you have to think that way because you don't have the empirical experience to be like, hey, every meal isn't going to make or break your entire life. Um, So that was definitely a, a really pivotal moment for me. And as you mentioned, it made moving to this, you know, food heaven of Italy way easier. Like when we started working together, um, there's no way that I would have been able to make this move and not either overindulge or be hyper-focused on Mm -hmm. not enjoying. Um, So yeah, like these big moments that are almost interruptions and out of control of the, you know, I was cooking for myself every night or uh, every meal, maybe I'd go out once a week, but it was so much more within my wheelhouse and with my control than I entered this new environment that could have been an opportunity for like really unhealthy behavior. But I was able to overcome that hurdle and it gave me a lot more confidence. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it, man. And I think one of the things that you've done really well is actually being open to being coached, right? Um, You're a very, very coachable person. I've worked with people who are the complete opposite, right? And it's funny because they understand that they're not coachable. They understand that like, they hired me, but then they're hesitant to implement some of the things that I'm recommending. For example, my approach is very different. And I wanted to ask you about this with the exercise perspective, because I know when you and I started working together, you were like, man, like I don't enjoy lifting. I just like don't enjoy it anymore. And I was like, why? You're like, man, I'm always hurt. And it just takes so much time and it's so hard and it's so fatiguing. And I was like, have you thought about just like lifting less intensely, <laughs> maybe lifting a little bit less and less hard, but like do it consistently? You're like, no, I haven't. And now you actually like enjoy your workouts. Right. Yeah. So my approach, my approach is really emphasizing sustainability first and foremost, because at least in the health and fitness space, like most of the people who are coaching or health and fitness professionals are people who love it, love health and fitness. Right. Like I love it, too. Don't get me wrong. Like the gym, I could be in the gym two hours a day, every day. I love it. But I understand that not everybody does. And it's not necessary. Right. And I think maybe people have had prior experiences working with that type of person and they don't know anything different. Right. And so this idea of like, hey, let's just do a little bit less. It's still going to be effective with nutrition. Let's not be so rigid. Let's just have some certain behaviors in place, prioritizing protein and veggies at most meals, having a fairly regular meal schedule, counting your calories, but giving yourself flexibility if there's a special occasion. It's a much more laid back approach, but much more sustainable. And you've been really open to that, right? So um, obviously I've helped guide you with many things, but I think your overall perspective of like actually implementing these things has been a huge component of your overall success too. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. Um, I think as cliche as this may sound, on any journey of this, I guess significance, because it is, you know, really significant. Yeah. You have to, or at least I had to reach a point where I was ready to do it, where 
I I like to think that, you know, if you and I had started working together when I was like 25, I would have, you know, avoided my late 20s being healthy. Yeah. I don't think that's true. Like, I just don't think I yeah. was ready to, I think I almost needed to exhaust the idea of being able to do it myself and reach, reach like this almost conflict with the objective world that, all right, I need some help doing this. Um, and I think that that, I feel bad or like a broken record just going back to the fear point, but I had, I had to reach a point where I was more afraid of not trying than I was of trying and failing. Um, and I knew that trying meant finding someone who knows more about this than I do and then being willing to do what they say. Um, and if that failed, okay. Like, whatever yeah. I tried. Um, and I think that what's kind of unfortunate, I guess, for lack of a better term, is that you, or at least I needed to really be in that right headspace, that right point in my life where I was ready to say, okay, I'm all in on doing this. Even if I, what I thought it was is completely different than what I think now. Like I was that willing to, to try to change things. And if there's anybody listening, that's, I guess, considering making like this type of, uh, lifestyle change, I would encourage them to really do like a sort of self inventory on why they want to do this and what they're willing to do for it to work. And I don't mean like intense, crazy, fad diet type of stuff. I think in many ways that's almost easier to do because it feels like a guarantee. Like you can really easily talk yourself into something where someone is like, like it seems, seems intuitive, right? Do this crazy thing and you'll get this crazy result. Not to, I don't mean to throw stones at one, but I think that's kind of an easy way out instead of accepting like this reality of life that, hey, things are hard and take time and you don't know everything. Um, so for me at the very least, I had to get to a place where I was will, I was made the, I remember thinking it to myself before our first call, like, okay, this is definitely me being like, I'm alone in this. And if this doesn't work, I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm more scared of not trying than I am of admitting I don't know how to do this on my own. Yeah. And I'm happy you brought up the fact that it it's difficult, right? Because like anything worth accomplishing has a certain level of difficulty. Obviously, some things are more difficult than others. And to different people, different things feel more difficult than others. But regardless, it requires effort. It requires a certain degree of sacrifice. It requires time, right? You have to prioritize these things. And that's a great point to bring up that I always talk about because yeah, following a, for lack of a better term, a cookie cutter plan, right? Where it's like, just do this and you get this outcome. It like almost removes the effort component of it, right? Because it's just like, oh, this is just what I do. But the thing is like, that's not life, right? Like, what do you do when you couldn't follow your meal plan or whatever, right? That's a horrible example, but you actually have to learn how to live a healthy lifestyle. So in essence, you literally have to change a lot about your lifestyle, right? And that includes nutritional changes, but also includes mindset shifts. It includes uh, perhaps changes in the way that you exercise, right? It maybe means that you have to commit to being a little bit more physically active and 
there's no way around that. Like there's literally no way around that because everybody or most people who have attempted weight loss have tried some of these cookie cutter plans and they may have some success for a period of time, but you definitely don't have long-term success. And it's because it literally does not teach you anything about these other things. Right. And I'm happy that you brought up the idea of like being in the, in the appropriate mental space to actually undertake this because I've worked with clients before where after a couple of weeks, it's very apparent that they're not in that position, right? Or that what they mentioned is a priority to them just like really isn't, right? Because like, hey, okay, first week working together, um, maybe you had some events come up and like you weren't able to track your nutrition. Okay, no big deal. But then it happens week two, week three, and week four. It's like, something's got to give. And if you're unwilling at the beginning to say like, okay, things have to change about my lifestyle, good luck. Or maybe people realize that like their goal really doesn't mean a ton to them because they're unwilling to make certain changes that are necessary, right? I've worked with some clients um, and this has happened multiple times where like, let's be honest, alcohol is pretty calorically dense, right? And if they simply shifted their drinking behaviors, it would improve their health a ton. And I'm not the type of person to tell you like, hey, you can't drink because that's silly. But they're having maybe like half a bottle to a bottle of wine every single night. And it's a social thing because they get together with friends. It's like, that is just going to deter from the goal that you want dramatically. And maybe that's okay. Maybe that's a lifestyle you want to live. But you have to realize that if you want this, like that, those two things can't coexist, right? And it's a difficult thing to come to terms with. Yeah, I absolutely get that. Like, uh, this might sound odd, but uh, it reminds me often of the a line from the Declaration of Independence, um, which is Jefferson says that mankind is more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the causes to which they are accustomed. And he's obviously talking about like macro governmental changes, but yeah, I think it really is applicable where I mentioned like a fundamental conflict with objective realities. And what can be tough is, at least for me, for a lot of this journey, I was like, oh, I need to change something, but it didn't feel like an imperative because like, I'm okay enough, right? Mm. And if you don't get into this mindset of, okay, I don't want to be a person who just lives their lives as okay enough, that to me is a greater level of suffering, for lack of a better term than it is to be willing to make the necessary changes, which are going to be scary and they're going to be painful. Um, if you can't get to that mindset, nothing's really going to change because it doesn't feel worth it because you're just not, you don't have that external imperatives. And for me, fortunately, that's kind of why I mentioned why I don't think if I tried this three, four years ago, it yeah. would have gone the way it's going now because I just wasn't at that point of seeing this fundamental conflict with objective reality. And what I would say to the, the difficulty aspect of it is I, I certainly don't want to pretend that it's easy. It is simple, which is, I think not somewhat intentionally not reflected in much of like the fitness, uh, social media fitness industry. It's much more simple than I thought it would be, but the things that are hard are different than what I thought they would be. Yeah. Um, the things that are hard have been a lot of like really powerful and valuable self insight and like gaining self knowledge. And that's harder to me at least than going to the gym consistently or 
you know, you mentioned vegetables where I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. I hate vegetables. I, I never, I used to joke, uh, that the there was, it was a myth that you needed to eat vegetables to be big and strong because, you know, I made it to <laughs> division one offensive line and I didn't eat a vegetable my entire teens. Um, and so like trying to learn to eat vegetables has not been as hard as I thought it would be. Coming to grips with the fact that, man, maybe I struggled to have a proper autonomy or relationship over the most fundamental aspect of life, which is eating food. Uh, that's the harder part, but it's been wildly rewarding. Like, I think that there's often, uh, and I've heard you, uh, I think I've heard you talk about like this idea that, you know, obesity and laziness or uh, some moral failings, obviously ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't think that I was a less moral person when I was, yeah. you know, sort of obesity. I do think that going through this process has helped me gain a lot of introspection about myself that I find really valuable. And that's both great, but that's also what's hard is like coming to grips with the very fundamental idea. Like I can't do this thing. And the consequences of my inability to do it are really, really severe. Like it's scary to contemplate, wow, how much of a stretch, like, what is my life going to be like? And how long is it going to be like you going this way? Like that's scary. And it's really easy to ignore in the face of, oh, I've got work. I got to bring my kids to something. Right. And that to me has been the harder part, but equally not more rewarding than the, uh, more pragmatic aspects of everything. Yeah. And that's a great point, man. You know, you brought up the idea, like so many people like perpetuate this thought, like obese people are, are lazy and it's just like so dumb. It's so dumb because I would say, even let's say in, in the context of health, right? Like, are there some people who are obese and just like, don't care at all and don't focus on their health? Sure. There are right. Just like there are some people who, um, maybe poor example, but are homeless and just like, don't care. Right. Like those people exist. But I would say that most people who are in a bad place in terms of health probably actually try pretty damn hard. The thing is, they're putting effort towards things that don't actually really work. Right. And that's where a lot of the frustration comes. It's like, man, I'm actually trying really hard. And like, it feels like it's a mental struggle all day long. And that's actually part of the issue. It's like health and fitness is one aspect of your life. It shouldn't be your entire life. So when it's the only thing you're thinking about and you're trying so damn hard to be perfect with this stuff, that's just like when you inevitably burn out, right? Some people can do that for longer than others, but in general, it just doesn't lead to the type of results that you want long-term. I think that's a great point to bring up. Um, and you know what you mentioned about veggies, this is the exact example that I was thinking of when I said that you're very coachable. Uh, it's similar with like the example of alcohol, right? Like I told you, man, like, listen, veggies are important. There are some ways that you can cook them so that they taste better. And you told me, like, I don't like any vegetables, but I'll give it a try. And I think it was maybe that day or the day after you actually prepared some stuff with some of the recommendations. You're like, this is not that bad. And now you eat them regularly, right? Like, that's what I mean about being coachable and actually implementing this stuff. Because some people know the stuff that they need to do. And then they just like, even then they don't, they don't, right? Um, it's tough. I I have a hard time understanding what drives people to be certain ways. And I think part of it is what you mentioned that like maybe they're not in a position of despair for lack of a better term, or 
what they say is a particular goal or a priority really isn't, right? And that's why I urge people, like, before you even embark on achieving a particular goal, ask yourself, why is that goal important? Truly, right? And then go a step beyond that and ask yourself, okay, if this is important, what sacrifices are are needed or what changes are required to actually achieve that goal? That part of the sacrifices, you know, you might need some guidance if you don't really know what to do. But in general, people know what their like unhealthy behaviors are, right? And it's like, are you actually willing to change those things for this certain outcome? And typically, the more in despair you are, the more important your why is, the more likely you're actually to do it, right? Because oftentimes when I talk about this, people think that I'm saying that vanity-based goals, uh, like people shouldn't have vanity-based goals. And I'm not saying that at all. Like I have vanity-based goals. You have vanity-based goals. We all do. But if that's the only driving force, it's way less likely that you actually execute on those things unless the lifestyle that you live actually aligns with that vanity-based goal because you enjoy it, right? Like I admit, I like like getting leaner and all this stuff because I actually enjoy this lifestyle. I love it, right? That's the other misconception that people have when they're like, oh, people who are into fitness are so dedicated and so committed. Partially true. Partially, it's the fact that we just like doing this, right? Like, for example, somebody who is a, uh, a a PhD physicist or something like that. Like, yeah, they're very dedicated, but they also just love physics, right? Um, what you do, like, you love the stuff you do, and and it's not for everybody. That's another thing that's important too. So the the aspect of it's not for everybody, right? That's where you and I have a conversation. I've had a conversation with multiple people. It's like, hey, you don't have to go that hard. You can be very healthy, be in very good shape, and you don't have to be 100% into that sort of lifestyle. Are you tired of spending countless hours grocery shopping, cooking, and preparing your meals? I get it. Time is precious, and that's where Icon Meals comes into play. I've partnered with Icon Meals to bring you delicious, macro-friendly, and high-protein meals that will make it easier than ever for you to achieve your fitness goals. I understand that you may have hesitations over the cost of a meal prep service compared to cooking food at home. But let's face it, how often do you spend more money eating out because you didn't have time to prepare your food at home anyways? With Icon Meals, you not only save time, but you invest in your health. These meals are carefully crafted to be healthier and more in line with your fitness goals than most of the food that you eat out anyways. So why wait? Visit iconmeals.com and explore their wide array of mouth-watering meals. And as a special bonus for listening to this podcast, use code JOSEPH10 at checkout for a special discount off of your order. By the way, you can find all of the necessary links in the description of this podcast. Don't let time be a barrier to your success. Choose Icon Meals and fuel your journey towards a healthier, fitter. Um, anyways, okay. I've been rambling a ton, which I always do. But some of the last questions I really wanted to ask you is, one, if you were speaking to somebody who was in your position starting, what are maybe one or two pieces of advice that you would give that would really help them jumpstart their journey in the right direction? Um, there are two things. Um, the first one would be being getting mentally prepared to accept and acknowledge your ignorance, um, not just of the nutritional aspect, not of the more, you know, like factual academic aspects of it, because I think that's kind of easy to get to. You're like, yeah, I've never started nutrition, but also of how to do this and what this entails. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that knowledge of things brings us 
you know, comfort and it's a little less scary. To start this, I would advise them to get very comfortable with the idea that you don't really know what you're doing or what this is going to be like. And you're okay with that because it's worth it. Um, secondarily, and I've mentioned a lot of the value of like personal exploration is being comfortable or not being comfortable, but, uh, embracing who it is, the type of person that you want to be, because, you know, every, something of this dies, right? Like your general health, you know, we, we have a cliche in English, right? Like health is the most important gift you have. It's a big deal. And I did a lot of reflection of like, what type of person do I want to be? Do, and I don't mean that from like a, like my, what did I want my body to look like? Do I want to be someone who is unwilling to make the pragmatic and almost egotistical sacrifices that are necessary to live a long, happy and healthy life? Or do I not want to be that person? Because it kind of comes down to that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of that simple of asking yourself generally, what type of person do I want to be? And it, do you want to be the type of person that shies away from discomfort? Probably not. Do you want to be the type of person that's unwilling to make sacrifices for something that's really important that doesn't just affect you, but your entire family, your loved ones? Like, yeah, I don't even just mean the extreme extent of potentially like dying early, but also just your general quality of life. Like I found, um, you know, in this move to Italy, after, you know, my parents have come over and visited. We've been able to do so much more stuff I wasn't able to do before. Like that's a genuine impact in your relationship with your loved ones. Um, and I think that being willing to dive into how big of a choice this really is and how important it is, even though that's kind of scary, is the biggest advice I would give people is be willing to be like, yes, this is something I want to do because I want to be the type of person that is willing to make sacrifices necessary to do what's important and living a healthy, long life having strong relationships with people in my life is the type of person I want to be. Yeah, that's a great point, man. It's, it's, yeah, because people often don't think about when they think about like affecting loved ones or just like, oh, if I die early, that's the only thing they think about, right? But like, what about your day-to-day -day activities, right? Um, my aunt's in town right now and my aunt, unfortunately, is not in the best health and she struggles to even like walk for a good amount of time. Right. And even just last night we were out and we go to this place that has like a big open green area and we took the baby and our son's 15 months old. And my wife and I were just like running around, playing with him, like picking him up, having a good time. And my aunt just had to sit the whole time. Right. And she just watched us play and sure. She had a great time. She enjoyed herself. She's with loved ones. I'm sure she wasn't thinking anything negative of it, but it's just like, how much more enjoyable could it be? Or how much more could you? bond perhaps with your nephew if you could actually get up pick him up and run with him because he's a baby and that's what he wants to do right and it's like we don't think of those things day to day but when you start to make the changes you do start to realize them right and i wanted to ask you because you mentioned this earlier most people just focus on the final outcome right and it can feel like the outcome is really far away if somebody's in a position where they perhaps know they need to lose maybe over a hundred pounds. And it's like, man, that's going to take a long time because when you 
first understand that like, one, you can't lose five pounds a week, right? And in six months, four pounds, you come to the realization, okay, this is going to take a lot longer. Let's say it's going to take two years. And it's like, damn, like, I'm not going to be where I want to be for another two years. That's a really long time. What would you say to that type of person? Because as you mentioned, you start to see the benefits and feel them immediately. 100%. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that back up because that would be a piece of advice I would harp on to someone like if I can go back and talk to my past self is that week to week. Um, so there's, I guess, two aspects. One, to start to eat healthier, be more active. You feel like immediate day to day, like, you know, biological neurochemical effects on your brain, which, which are definitely generally helpful. It's helped me deal with stress better. Uh, I was, I never thought I would be the type of person who was like, I'm having a long day. I need to go for a walk. Um, and that's because I, by walking more, which is a big part of, of, of all this for me, I realized after walking, I feel better. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is a pretty healthy way to deal with this. Uh, and more effective than going to McDonald's. Um, yes. But in a way of like not looking all the way ahead, but instead, once you have like a few good weeks put together and realize like, wow, I feel a lot better than I did when I started this. Seizing on those like little victories is really exciting. Like um, you uh, put up on your social media a picture of me from like the exact same spot in the Roman forum a year before and the year after. And those seem like, you know, night and day to me. Yeah. But the big thing I've realized is since that picture has been taken, I, and I was able to have a huge victory of like, wow, I was able to walk through this the entirety of it. It's not easy walking around old ruins. Um, I've lost another 20 pounds and I now know and can get excited about stuff that it'd be even easier now. I'd be able to do even more. And so the little victories that you can acknowledge, like I would not have been able to do or enjoy this as much as I could, as I, uh, do right now in the past is what makes me more excited about moving forward, but also less concerned about the timeline yeah because it isn't that big of a deal i know that every every healthy decision i make is increasing the general quality of my life uh of exponent maybe not necessarily exponentially but considerably and mm. the think again we when we use words like make an investment in your house or we have this general idea and again i, I do think a lot of these crash sites are kind of an easy way out that the end is where all of it comes from. That's where the joy will come from. If you're stuck in that mindset, then like Good you luck. will never make it to the other side. Um, and I think that we have to challenge, uh, I'm going to mention like, you know, kind of a, a lot of the American cultural upbringing is very much outcomes oriented and mm -hmm. we're all very much programmed to think that way. And I'm not even necessarily saying that on a grander scale, it's a bad thing but I don't think it's helpful in this. And that I think that every little victory, I know for me, celebrating little victories, which was something I used to be against because I used to be like, why would I celebrate losing 10 pounds when I have nine more to go? Um, that's not helpful. And it's not helpful because it's not true, if that makes sense. Like losing that much weight has made me healthier, healthier, more, I guess more capable person in a lot of ways. And that denying that is kind of denying the reality that you're living in. 
Yeah, dude, that's such a great way of putting it. I, I recorded an episode with a friend of mine a couple months ago. His name's David Roden. And I'm not sure if you've heard of David or follow him on social media. Anyways, he's lost. By the time he was like 15 or 16, he was over 400 pounds. And in a decade, so it took him 10 years. No, I took him, it took him a couple years. He lost over 200 pounds, but he was able to maintain his weight loss for over a decade, right? Like he lost 200 pounds, but he's maintained it for over a decade. And this is one of the reasons why when I check in with clients, especially when I first start working with somebody, I really make it a point to emphasize you're doing good. These are the, pro this is the progress that you've been making. This is awesome. Like really motivate the person because it is incredibly important to start enjoying the process right off the bat, seeing immediate results. It's funny because you mentioned that like things that are goal oriented, you just focus on the goal. But if you, and it's hard to focus on the process, I guess is the word, but when you start focusing on the process, you could actually start enjoying the rewards right away. And that's a big aspect of it. And when I spoke to David, he literally told me that the number one thing has aided in his success was just celebrating every single small win. And he maybe a little bit excessively, but for example, he was in college and if he served himself a healthy meal at the food hall. He told me he would literally stand up, high five himself and say, good job. A little bit extreme, right? Like you don't have to go to that extreme, but it just shows that like, man, like these small wins, if you like tell yourself you're doing a good job, it's enjoyable. And I think the real big aspect of it is that you're actually taking, even if it's a split second to reflect on the fact that you're doing the right things and making progress in the right direction. Because oftentimes when you're only focused on the objective and maybe that marker that you're using to measure that objective isn't moving in the right direction for a week or two. You're just like, oh, I'm not making any progress. But it's because you like don't think about the stuff that you're doing day to day at all, right? So I think in many ways, it helps you feel like you're actually making the progress that you want to make, right? And it makes the whole process more enjoyable. Yeah. I did. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. If I can just add to that, for me at least, in my previous, I guess, refusal to celebrate small victories, it was still hiding behind in many ways, like uh, kind of ego and fear aspect of being unwilling to fully accept this is hard for me. I know that it's not hard for other people. And so I was like, well, if I just celebrate losing a couple of pounds, right? That's yeah. kind of pathetic because it's so easy for everybody else. They just kind of know it's not a big deal for people. Um, and I kind of go back to again, the idea of being in the right mindset of ready to, to go on this big journey of just fully acknowledging with yourself, like, this is not easy for me. Yes. It's not hard for other people. I'm not one of those people. Denying that is only going to make it harder. It's not impossible. Yeah. And also the, I mean, this ties into it, like, cause I was thinking about personal experiences in terms of things that I struggle with. It's like the importance of having a positive social circle and accountability. Right. And I think that leads into this last question I want to ask you about coaching specifically, but with myself, you know, like mirroring all of these things, like me starting my own business is the first time I've ever done anything like this. I have no guidance. Nobody in my family is a business owner. I'm not a, I didn't study business in college. I don't really know what I'm doing. Right. And even small things like making the landing page for my coaching service. It's like, that is like one small step out of like a million different things I have to do. And it even feels silly, like celebrating that. But usually when I finish my work for the day, I share with my wife the one little thing I did for the day that maybe advanced things in the right direction. And it's so small. And I usually don't even think about it. My wife is always like super enthusiastic. She's very energetic. She's like, oh, that's awesome. Like, congrats. I'm so proud of you. Even if I told her like, I don't know, like 
I got one new client or I just like put this thing on my website. The, the most small thing, right? Like she always celebrates it. And that helps a ton because if I felt like I had a bad day or like I didn't make much progress, seeing somebody else be excited for me, I'm like, okay, I should be proud of this. I should uh, be positive and just continue to make a little bit of progress every day. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you, which kind of ties into everything I just mentioned was, or, or is, um, what are some of, or what role has coaching played in your journey so far? And what would you say to somebody who's perhaps considering coaching? I would say if you're at a point where you're considering coaching, um, I would reflect on if you've gotten to the level that I've described before of acknowledging, I really need help and I'm willing to take this coaching. Or if you're in a position where you're still kind of thinking that going through the coaching is a guarantee, um, because not if you're in, it's not a guarantee, right? Like the, the way I viewed coaching was, I now have, um, I could have done a couple of things. I could have taken the time to try and become an expert in nutrition and strength and conditioning, uh, and have all that knowledge myself. That seems pretty impractical. Um, so I was like, all right, this guy's done that, um, gone through a lot of probably really a lot of stuff I'd probably find incredibly boring. Um, I acknowledge his expertise in less so I can get that, uh, more academic knowledge. Number two, um, and this is probably as we've gone through this process equally important, I would say is I have someone who is kind of in it with me. Um, yeah. Which is again only going to be valuable if you're like, yes, I'm I'm taking this dive, because it can be scary to kind of talk to your friends or family and like, yeah, I'm going on this big health whatever exchange you've tried in the past and sales and even the most supportive family is only going to be, you know, that's not their job, right? And so what coaching has done for me and a lot, and again, it, it has worked because I was in the position to take coaching. the coaching is it has made me feel like my job now is effort, right? My job is effort. I don't have to concern myself with, am I doing the right lifts? Am I eating the right things, right? Like I'm going to get all this knowledge-based feedback and I'm going to have someone that I can be open and vulnerable with for any struggles that I'm having. And I just got to try now. I've got to be willing to take coaching and try. If you're in a spot where you think like, yeah, that's what I need. I need to have the major factor of, my, of the outcome of this endeavor come down to my effort. Then I think coaching is just an absolute no-brainer because it, what, what else in your life can you really be like, yes, I mean, provided all of the intellectual information I need and the one-on-one -on -one support that I have that leaves effort as the only factor pretty much nothing like that's such a great spot to be in um and i would highly encourage it especially if you've gotten to a point where you're like yes i need to make this change in my life i am ready to take this change in my life i am ready to turn to someone who has answers that i don't have and listen to them um you know, I, I really think that choosing to do this has been one of the best decisions of my entire life. And I would highly recommend it for anybody who is in a position that they're ready to do this. 
Dude, thank you so much for sharing that, man. You know, the way I like to explain coaching, because people often think of like coaching or working with a coach as simply providing knowledge, right? And it's like most people, if I told you like, what does eating healthy look like? Most people can pretty much tell you what eating healthy looks like. You don't need to know in-depth metabolism and all of these like complex things like scientifically to know how to eat healthy. I think what coaching really is, is one, expediting the process because knowledge is a component of it, right? So it prevents you from perhaps falling down these different paths that are just going to put you further away from your goal and waste time. So one, it does save time, but two, it's mainly appropriate guidance and support, right? Um, having support is huge. And this is something I didn't understand when I started coaching years ago. Um, like I think about it in my life and anything that I'm having success with, it's because I have the support that I need to actually have the success in that area of life. Right. And even small things like the conversation that we had around your brother's wedding conversation that I've been having with newer clients around Thanksgiving, which is very similar conversation to what we had. Um, making sure you stay on track, right? Cause we all fall off track and talking about a couple things that you're struggling with to get you back on track, uh, accountability. Right. And then, I mean, the other aspect of it, which is funny, it's like people tend to execute better when there's some sort of financial tie, right? Like, Hey, if I invested in this, I am all in. And of course, you know, like coaching isn't free. Right. And so I think that aspect too helps people perhaps be like, Oh, I'm actually committed to this. I've financially invested in this thing. I'm actually serious about it, right? And that's how I felt too, hiring. I've, I've hired a business coach to help me with stuff, right? And it's because I really see the value in coaching, like you mentioned, if you're actually ready to put in the efforts. Because hiring a coach is not a guarantee for a result. I've had that experience before. And that's why I have uh, a consultation with people before I start working with them to see what sort of mindset they have in terms of their particular goal, right? Anyways, man, I appreciate you a ton for being here today. Um, for those of you listening, if you've listened this far, thank you for listening to the entire episode. If you're interested in applying for coaching, the link is going to be in the description, or you can head to my website, fitforlifeacademy.health, submit an application, and I'll reach out to you typically within 24 hours. If I take a little bit longer, I'm sorry. <laughs> awesome, Noah. Um, any last words, anything else you want to share, man? Um, just to reiterate that, uh, I believe that embarking on this journey is hard, but absolutely worth it in a way that is beyond just like your physical health. Yeah. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. Anyways, dude, thank you so much. We'll stay in touch. See ya. Awesome. Thank you.